This is your Monday Daily Delivery. I am Michael Rand. Huge week in sports coming up. NFL Draft starts on Thursday. We'll have a ton of draft coverage all week, both on this podcast and on the Access Vikings podcast. I'll have Mark Craig on Tuesday's show here uh, to talk through his mock draft. I'll have Ben Gessling on um, later in the week before the draft to talk through the seven rounds and what the Vikings' needs are. Definitely we'll talk about um, what's going on with this team after they make their first round pick. And that'll be on Friday's show after they make that pick Thursday. So lots to get to with the draft later on this week. But first, what did I miss? Before we get to Patrick Royce and the, the segment I love to do with him on Mondays, I want to talk a little bit about Anthony Edwards and Kirill Kaprizov. Um, tweet from uh, my colleague Kent Youngblood st- sent me down this path um, earlier. Uh, it was over the weekend sometime when he said you know, something about how the, the Wolves and the Wild could have rookies of the year, um, both of them with, with Anthony Edwards and Kirill Kaprizov. I think Kaprizov's got to be a shoe-in. I think Edwards is making a really strong case. I think it would have been harder if um, if uh, Lamella Ball hadn't gotten hurt. But um, now I feel like it's pretty close, and I feel like Edwards is really making his case um, with, with the play he's had down the stretch here. But just the idea that they could have both rookies of the year in the NHL and NBA and how rare that might be. And that sent me down a little research path. And obviously both guys had great weekends. You know, Edwards, huge monster game, 23 points, nine rebounds, five steals, four assists, and a nice win, really nice win over Utah. And Kaprizov just keeps scoring. The Wild won seven straight. We'll talk about that a lot more with Patrick Royce here in a little bit. But, you know, both of those guys, just dynamic, dynamic young players. How long has it been since a market has had the rookie of the year in both the NBA and the NHL. Now, granted, not going to have, you know, there's going to be some unique situations where it's not going to be possible because there's a lot of markets in the NHL that aren't in the NBA and vice versa. There's no Portland team in the NHL. There's no, you know, there's you know, there's no uh, Vancouver team in the NBA anymore. There's no, you know, all the, a lot of the Canadian teams are different. Other teams in the, you know, Buffalo, there's no NBA Buffalo team. You get it. There's not going to be this overlap possibility every year, but how long do you have to go back before one market has had both the NBA and NHL Rookie of the Year. So I looked this up. It goes all the way back to 1979-1980, and I think you're going to like the two names that, uh, that, that come with that. 1979-1980, Boston. Ray Bork in the NHL and Larry Bird in the NBA um, Rookie of the Year. And in both sports, you know, Bork winning the Calder Trophy in the uh, in the NHL, Larry Bird winning the uh, the Rookie of the Year in the NBA. Those guys had pretty good, uh, went on to pretty good careers, I'd say, um, in both cases. I'm not putting that on Kaprizov and Edwards to be that good. I'm just saying the rarity of it and how good those guys are right now has got to make you feel pretty good about where you know, both of those players are going to be in this market for many, many, many years to come. Got to talk Minnesota United a little bit at the jump here, too. Tough, tough home opener. Lost 2-1 to one to Real Salt Lake. That's an 0-2 start for the Loons after a really, really promising season in 2020. And now, again, two games is nothing to panic about, um, even, in a, even in a season that doesn't have a ton of games. But, uh, you know, some, probably some concern with, with that beginning. You know, we, we've talked to uh, talked to Will Trapp on this podcast, you know, last week, going back, uh, talked to both Will Trapp and Ethan Finley for a live video we did on StarTribune.com heading into that home opener. And, you know, the, the thing they've got to guard against is assuming that you're just going to have the same level of success because you did it last year. And I, I don't think that's going to be the assumption. I think this is just, you know, the opener in Seattle. They played pretty well in the first half, didn't get a result, and then th- there was a you know a huge cascade of goals, and that happens. 
And then Real Salt Lake's just one game. They probably would like to have some of what happened back. But again, we got to see these, got to see the Loons get on track here because you don't want to see them fall too far and then start to feel like, okay, we got all this ground to make up. We were supposed to be good, and, we, and now we're now we're losing. So I'll be interested to see how they bounce back from a couple of disappointing results so far this season. Enjoy your money your way when you switch to Royal Credit Union. You can pay friends and family for free, deposit checks on the go, and even get alerts about your accounts sent in real time. Stop in and open your account today or get started at rcu.org slash your way. Insured by NCUA. It's Monday on Daily Delivery. Patrick Royce joins the show. Busy weekend of uh, of sports going on. Twins were back at home, which we, you know, thought maybe that would be the uh, the, the salve for what they they needed. Patrick, um, after that <laughs> road trip that I talked to Megan Ryan about last week, uh, that did not uh, that might have been one of the worst road trips we've ever seen, given everything <laughs> that happened. But uh, the home against the Pirates, um, you're thinking you, you get Jay Happ almost throwing a no hitter Friday, like okay, they've got this thing turned around, and then just two completely flat games on Saturday and Sunday. I've, I've got some thoughts on kind of what this team, where this team is after 20 games, but I want to hear from you from the jump. What, what do you, okay. what do you make of this team? Here's my thought. Where are they good? Uh, the yeah. catching is worse. The, the no, uh, no hitting at all for the catch. Garbers, Garbers looks like he did last year. Almost not quite that inept, but uh, almost Jeffers uh, looks like he's not ready to hit, hit, come close to being a hitter in the big leagues. Terrible when Snow plays first base. Uh, Willens Ostadio is not an everyday player. We all like him, but he's, uh, you know, he's a bench guy. Polanco uh, playing as poorly at second as he did at short last year and can't hit. I don't know what's going on. I mean, you you would be you would be uh, optimistic about Polanco as a hitter on his track record. If he was hitting the ball hard at all, uh, the shortstop will come back. He's good, but he's goofy. Donaldson hasn't hit. Uh, I mean, he, he hit some when he first came in. He, he's okay. If he plays, he's fine. They're good. They're good at third base. Left field, uh, they're, they're right Terrible. now. Nobody's ready to play. Nobody's, I mean, Arise is probably their best left fielder. They brought up Kirloff, tried to get him to okay he's going to be our regular left fielder did he get a hit all weekend i don't, I don't think so i don't think he did i don't think so you know buxton's great uh right field kepler's not playing and he was he was playing terrible and cruz is you know cruz is good he's fine he it's just he goes up there and gives you professional at bats and does does fine uh maeda has been terrible uh Jose Barrios is good and uh the starting pitching though overall is bad and uh, the bullpen has been shaky as can be. Uh, I like the way Rogers is throwing the ball. Tyler Duffy's not as good as he was. And, uh, you know, where are they good? They're not yeah. good. They're, I mean, they're not right now. People say, don't panic. Well, I panic when I see a bad team. and They're bad right now. They're, you look around the diamond, they're no better than who. I don't, I'd take Kansas City over them right now. The only team they're better than is Detroit. And now they just played the, a team of anonymous individuals yeah. and, and a bunch of pitchers off the street who they you never heard of. And they didn't hit against any of them. They didn't hit all weekend. It's, uh, it is, there's, you know, you, okay, you know, tell me not to panic. If I'm a Twins follower and I really care about him, I'm in a panic for dang good reasons right now. Yeah. Here, I think you hit on 
kind of in going through position by position, you you kind of got to my thought on this team, and it's similar but a little bit different. They feel a little bit like last year's Vikings to me, um, which is not a compliment because that team finished seven and nine. <laughs> um, a, a collection, a team with a lot of uh, I shouldn't even say a lot, but a a a handful of really really high end players. You know, Buxton. Um, you know, Barrios pitching the way he is. Even Maeda probably turns this around at some point. Rogers has been you know has a track record. Cruz, Donaldson, Simmons, but that that has overrated or has you know not built the roster to the point where the supporting players is enough to hold that all together. And that's, that's going to hold them down. And I feel like that happened with last year's Vikings. You had so many really, really good players, but you, the rest of the roster just wasn't very good. And so you, you can't win. I don't think right now, especially when some of those guys don't stay in the field, uh, you can't win right now when you don't have those players to hold it all together. And I feel like the twins, if they were counting on Garver and Polanco to be better than they were, in 2020 they're like hey throw that year out 2019 is the real is the real those guys that you know 20 you know 2020 was the outlier it's starting to feel like the outlier was 2019 for some of these guys and that's going to be a problem yeah well there's another thing we didn't that i failed to mention jake cave was uh hitting 150 or something and after being terrible in the mini season and being here all year uh and he has played in all 19 games and started 14. Yeah. I mean, is this it? Where is, where's the development here? Yeah. Where's this is, this is an old team. I believe Phil Miller's piece at the, didn't he write this when the season started? This is the oldest team in Mar- in baseball. Yeah, yeah, I think I can't now, remember now, exactly, but yeah, they're old. Cruz had, you know, Cruz obviously adds, you know, to that average and stuff, but this is an old team. This is, you know, this is not, let's, oh man, Sano's going to turn it around any day now. He's going to be 28 on May 11th. Right. Uh, this is, you know, this, and, and where's, where's the pitchers? Where's Blazovic? Where, I know mm-hmm. last year hurt because uh, the minor right. league, there was no minor league season, but where's the, where's the player development here? That I don't see it. This is, uh, this won't be 2011, but the field's going to be the same you know, that 2010, they were great and yeah. they'd been on that great run. The next mm-hmm. year they went 63 and 99 and, and started into the abyss. Uh, to me, this feels like, this feels like they're closer to 2011 than they are to uh, boy, this is the year we're going to win a playoff game. I, I, right now to me, they're not going to, they got, they have no chance to be in the top five in the American league. I, you know, I, I don't see where, how they're going to get hot. You're going to get hot with Matt Shoemaker in your uh, rotation. <laughs> Come on. And what Give happened? Cause, and what happened? Because, you know, you, and you pointed out some things coming out of spring that you were concerned about, but you, you had a pretty, you, know, you were down there for a while. You were thinking, yeah, this, I like this team that, that you thought this, you know, that they had something going and, you know, maybe the, Maybe the like you said, maybe the problem is they don't do anything exceptionally well. Like even even when they were going to be good, they didn't seem like they had one thing that was going to be their core identity. But what, what what happened between then and now? Is it just well, you know what the uh, 
first week or 10 days of spring training. The first time, first a couple of times I saw my Ada pitch and, and Barrios looked great. I mean, it's, I know it's spring training, but you know, everybody, even though you didn't have a year, they kind of look young and fresh. I mean, they look fresh, you know, and they look like, Oh, you know, look at Donaldson and he's moving around and, uh, and, uh, you know, Cruz comes in and he's hitting right away. And, and you're, you're thinking that, okay, Kepler can't be as bad as he was last time. Of course, Kepler got, Kepler got a hit on March 1st and he got his next one on March 28th. That should have been a, that should have been an indicator <laughs> right. that things aren't real good, but I don't know. You, you just, I guess it was expectations that for me, it started to transform itself from uh, really strong optimism to uh, they could be okay. To, uh, you know, when all of a sudden Snow was just as god-awful as he'd been and, and Garber looked really good at the plate the first couple of times, right. two, three times, and then he started to go. And Jeffers, I haven't seen him hit a ball. And, you know, just all the weaknesses we see now kind of started to appear in spring training and they don't, you know, they don't really play more than five innings. And I, I don't know, I just, and Maeda, to me, when I started seeing him messing around, I said, what is this? Cause he, when he has his mix of pitches, he's great, right. but God, why is he three and two on everybody? That this whole concept that you can't go after a hitter, you know, it's, it's kind of rampant throughout baseball. I'll admit that, mm-hmm. but go after a hitter, somebody let's go. Come on. This three, two hitting guys putting you know starting rallies uh all these they you know they never have clean any clean innings hap was an amazing uh a revelation I mean, after the first two innings when he was three and two on a couple of guys actually going after hitters now i was shocked with Pineda because the way he started that game right. and he's been pretty good i thought man he's gonna breeze and then all of a sudden he gives up three runs and with this team it's impossible to win without it i mean that 12 run aberration in oakland you take away that game yeah. they haven't hit a lick no so i i don't know what uh you know it's just it's just one of those to this point what can go wrong is going wrong and uh yeah we'll see but uh, uh i mean now they're i haven't looked at Cal- cleveland's rotation or even if they're going to get rained out out there or what's going to go on but uh I think they missed Bieber. Mike, they managed to do nothing against bad, bad pitching. Yeah. That's, that's what, that's short truth scare you. You got, you know, this isn't like, okay, they got, they got this hidden gem that they're going to be facing you. The guy they beat, Brubaker, has been pretty good, but the, the last two guys, they're Nobody's, taking guys off the yeah. street and you're doing nothing. Yeah. So I don't know. It's, 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 it's ugly. If you ask me more confidence in a different team, the wild seven in a row, Patrick, seven wins in a row. Um, you know, I don't know if we can draw, you know, a hundred percent conclusion, but all those games have, it's coincided with the return of Marcus Foligno to the lineup. He does seem like he adds something where it just kind of makes the rest of the lines, the rest of the team fall into place. They've also, you know, benefited from the, the nature of that division where, it's three really good teams at the top and then four really bad teams, five really bad teams at the bottom, you know, just, just the, the division there. But what do we make of this team? You, I, I you, am, got, uh, you got hockey fever? 
Well, I, I'll, I'll never get hockey fever. No, I but, know. Because, uh, uh, you know, but, but yeah, I mean, it's KZB, man. He's the guy, and he's getting better here. He's, I know. I mean, he was phenomenal at the start with, and you kind of were really intrigued with him, and he, and he was good, but he has been terrific. Uh, those seven-game winning streaks, uh, I think they've only had three once. I think they won one of them with three. Every time, every other time they get, they got five twice, six once, uh, four, you know, I think I'd like added up 32 goals in, uh, in the seven, in the seven game game streak. but it's, you know, it's not in the, uh, I mean, they are scoring four or five goals a night and he's, you know, some of these, some of these guys, I mean, they just gave a three-year contract to Ryan Hartman. When you saw Ryan Hartman start this season, did you say, wow, are we glad to have him? You know, I mean, right. some they they Nick have Benito, uh, yeah, but yeah, Benito. I mean, it's uh, it they have they have got it going, and they might seven in a row with a seven game homestand coming up right, right now. There's what 10 left, seven of them at home, and or maybe nine left, seven at home. They got three straight here with St. Louis. They've what lost two home games all year, two, three home games all year. This could, uh, you know, they're. They, Vegas and Colorado uh, better look out. These guys, these guys, uh, I don't know who's going to, you know, you're going to stumble into a hot goalie and get beat here, but uh, man, they're playing good. It's incredible. Yeah. And, clinched, uh, clinched a playoff spot the, out, the weekend. out of nowhere. I mean, Dean Everson is the coach of the year in the NHL. If you ask me, who's, who's going to beat him out, you know? Yeah. Big Garen's done a good job kind of putting this together. Cause you're right. It, this, this felt going in like, kind of one of those transitional years you see those in sports a lot right a team is yeah. kind of you know just the what 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 they've tried before hasn't quite worked they don't want to you know everybody's screaming for a full-on rebuild you know a year ago and they're like yeah we're gonna remake not rebuild and you know they they kind of slide into that play-in series in the weird year last year but then nobody i don't think nobody nobody saw this coming nobody could have no. imagined that this year was going de- to one gonna other thing let's not give garrett too much credit Fenton turned this roster around yeah. and got rid of the load. You know, yeah. he might not have been Mr. Charm, but he got rid of uh, you know, the, the kind yeah. of the complacent crew that was never going anywhere. They were they they waited for those guys for five or six years. And uh, you know, heck Victor Rask, who was looked like the joke of all time, he, he's okay. Right. I, I was listening the other night to Kurtz and Reed in the car, and uh, he won like six, seven straight faceoffs. That guy. Mm. I mean, they're doing things like that too. They, you know, they they just they 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 don't have anybody out there who's a waste of time. I don't think. And then they got the then they got a few stars, and uh, Eck has gotten a lot better. I remember asking yeah. uh, Micheletti when the season started, "Is this guy ever going to?" is this guy ever going to be a goal scorer? Is he, you know, what's he like? And man, he's picked up his game compared to what it was. And uh, they just, I don't know. They're good. And the goalies are, yeah. I mean, Talbot is a, is, that was the best move Garen made. Yeah. Don't you think? Is yeah. hundred percent. I've, I've been screaming for two years. Like you got to get rid of Dubnik. You, you, this isn't just not working. And, you know, they finally figured out a way to, to get him out of there and get, get a new veteran in and Talbot's been fantastic. And they picked the right one and they, they're probably lucky that they, uh, you know, they're trying to get flurry. Right. And, right. Uh, and they ended up with Talbot who's cheaper and, uh, and probably better. I mean, flurry's a 
okay, but, uh, you know, Talbot's carried them. And there's, I mean, the Finnish kid had a hell, a hell of a run, what, nine wins in a row. But, uh, but uh, there's no doubt who's going to be starting yeah. every night when the they get to the playoffs. It's Talbot. So, yeah. But yeah, it's, it's incredible. It, uh, and, uh, I mean, they're going to, are they going to end up with the most? Well, no, because they don't play a full schedule. If they were playing a full schedule, they'd end up with more points than any wild team ever, right? So Yeah, I mean, they got 60, 65 points in 47 games right now, so I'd have to kind of yeah. – 65 divided by 47. You, you talk for a minute. I'll do some quick math. You know what? Uh, the madness uh, that we would be feeling towards this and the anticipation – towards the Stanley cup and everything, if it was a normal schedule and you were playing everybody around the league and it was, you know, and the building was full and, uh, you know, the, and the, everybody from Woodbury was flocking to yeah. the games. It would be, I think the excitement level would be higher, but I have, people are catching on to the idea that this is a really good team and they yeah. got a chance. They got a chance for a playoff run and, uh, you know, and, as you say, they get to play, you know, St. Louis is okay. They got them three straight here now right. at home, but uh, St. Louis is okay. Uh, Colorado and Vegas are good, but it's nice to play Arizona and uh, the, the three uh, California Arizona, teams. the Sharks, uh, Kings, and Ducks. Yeah. Rec- have they lost Arizona once or something? Yeah, they, they've really cleaned. It's a little bit, a little bit like uh, the old AL Central in the in the two thousand yes. with the Twins. They've just feasted on these bottom teams. Oh, two thousand nineteen. Yeah, I think they, uh, I think they won thirteen against one team and fourteen against yeah. two of them. Or right. Yeah. Yeah. They're so, on pace. Yeah, this is would be a would be one hundred and thirteen. That's the pace in an 82 game season right now. 113 yeah, points. That's that'd pretty be good. That'd be pretty good. Nice to be talking to a guy who does math that quick, too. That's a hopeful sign for America right there. <laughs> I was originally a math guy, Patrick, before I got into writing. Was, uh... I'm good, but I do it the old fashioned way that, uh, you know, I was, I was talking to my grandkids about the new work math that they want them to do. And, I said, so you can't just take eight into fifty-six and say it's seven, huh? You gotta, Good. you gotta, uh, you gotta come up with something else. I said, that's the answer. What, what, what word do I have to show you? That's the answer. So, yeah, my daughter does the same thing. She's in first grade. They've got like these dude, putting the bubble and numbers into the bubbles and dividing them out. I'm like, okay, what are you talking about? Yeah, get it right. Come on. I think the process. Should, uh, hey, uh, trust the process. This is something we haven't done since we've been doing this uh, together. Uh, a little praise for the uh, Timberwolves. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> Let's end with that. That's a great thought because they've, they've beaten you know, their best and, games this year, two wins against the Jazz. Yes, but this Utah. Is, this one was impressive. Yeah, and this is good. I got to say, Cats, this is the best Cats played yeah. since he was, since uh, maybe when we first were discovering them in the, in the uh, year. He's, he's playing his 35 minutes and he's playing well and he's, uh, you know, he's still not going to be a horse down inside of defensively but he's i think his attitude for playing is better than it's been don't you i do um, i think he's yeah and i think he's he's gotten better defensively and kind of you know the smartest you know i think finch has got something going with with the coaching i think he's he's got some acumen there but the smartest thing he did was just say you know Cats our guy. We're gonna run everything. We're gonna run almost everything through him. We're gonna make make him as comfortable as possible 
on offense. We're going to use him a lot, but you know, it doesn't mean he's going to shoot all the time, but you know, everything's going to go through him and defensively, here's your assignment. Here's what you're good at. Go do it. Yeah. Their, 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 their issue is still those nights when they don't guard anybody, but I like, I like, I know a lot of people are way down on Rubio, but I like Russell coming off the bench because Mm -hmm. that is a weapon that, you know, you get into the fourth quarter of a close game and all of a sudden there he is and you haven't dealt with him all night. And all of a sudden you got it. I mean, you haven't dealt with him for long minutes, you know, you haven't dealt with him for 35 minutes, but all of a sudden you got, you got Edwards to worry about, you got cat to worry about. And then all of a sudden you got this guy to deal with. And he's, you know, for want of a better word, he's fresh and he's, He's, he's that new weapon that they're presenting there that you haven't dealt with. And uh, I think that, I think that works. I think, you know, he'll hit shots in those situations. If it's been one of those nights when he's been out there, if he'd been out there for 30 minutes and he'd gone two for 11 from three, right? you, you don't, you say, okay, he's done for the night, but in this situation, he'll make some threes for you. He'll make some shots for you down the stretch especially because their attention has been focused and not by then their attention's focused on cat and Edwards. And, uh, you know, they got two really good players now. Uh, and then they have, uh, and then they got Russell off the bench where you don't have to watch him play defense all night and say, God almighty, is he awful? Yeah. (laughs) Right. It gives you a better, gives you a better defensive start, gives you a jolt of offense when he comes in. I don't know if this is the plan forever. I mean, it's probably just a minute's thing still, but he's he's getting up to more like 30 minutes a game now, but I'm, I'm curious if they, you know, if part of this is they want to see if, Hey, what if we, what if we do draft a point guard? We want to see, how yeah. how this all fits together because yeah, I don't think you're not going to start a rookie and Edwards and Russell. That's that's too small. That's that's not enough. That's not enough defense in the backcourt. You got it. So what what if we do this instead of Rubio at point? What if what if this is what happens? We got to see what this yeah. looks like. That might be it, but there's nothing wrong with having a great no. six man. Now no. you might not want to pay him that much, but I <laughs> I, mean, I I like the way it is, but. You know, I, I like this because I don't like starting off the game with a guy who's not going to guard anybody and he's not going to guard anybody. Sorry. No. But if he's in a, if he's in the fourth period of a close game, then he might actually guard somebody. Yeah. But, but you know, for at least two shifts or something, but uh, you know, if he's out there in the first quarter and they run it by, you know, Mark, Markel Fultz is running past him and shooting layups uh, right off the bat. I, I think he sets a defensive tone that drives you crazy, but, uh, but, you know, I'd like him in the four, I, I like him in the second quarter and the fourth quarter. And, uh, you know, some, you, you can play him 30 minutes as yep. your sixth man. There's no yep. problem with that. And I, I, I like what they're doing with him, but Edwards is, uh, you, you mentioned this before, but you're, there's a, if Edwards isn't the uh, rookie of the year, who is? That would be Ball. I mean, Ball was going great before he got hurt. He yeah, was the, he was the favorite, I mean. he has, but but he's been out quite a while. Yeah, he? I I feel it's got like Edwards, like the, the combination of that injury plus how well Edwards has played. And the other night with that, that win against Utah, he had like twenty three points, nine rebounds, five steals, and four assists. I mean, those are that's the kind of game you don't see very often from a rookie, right? The the filling up all yeah. four of those categories with the with the rounded game. Well, what I like about him is. As well as cats playing, we're running stuff through cat. 
he has no subservience to anybody. He's nope. going to get his shots. When he sees a shot, he's going to get it. There's no hesitation with him. He's fully confident. Yep. He's still 19, right? Still, <laughs> has he turned 20 yet? No, nah, I don't think he's turned 20. I don't think he turns 20 until the summer. I mean, I think he's a yeah. pretty late birthday. Do you, and, you see his quote the other day? Do you see his quote the other day? Let's face it. We all love him because he's goofy when he talks, man. Some of the stuff oh, he yeah. says. Do you see what he said the other day? Great. You, you know? see when they asked him uh, why they weren't winning, why, why they weren't closing games out in the fourth quarter and playing so well early in the season? He said, because I wasn't playing the fourth quarter. <laughs> well, <laughs> I still think the best one is the one they, they ended up getting blown out and giving up 140 points after playing pretty good but he said he he said they came out fired up because it was some assistant coach's birthday there were two birthdays going on who uh one of the Yancho and Wancho. assistant coach their birthdays. What the <laughs> hell are you talking about? He's 19. He's 19. Who knows what goes on yeah, in his mind? But uh, yeah, he's a he's big. Uh, he's he's gonna people are gonna like that guy. It's yeah. uh, it's what can this? It's if if we start if we sell a team and if you know in the in the summer and uh, don't lose that draft choice. Yeah, can and in this crowded, crowded market, can they get people enthused to come back to the arena next fall? That's yep. the question uh, because I think hidden in all the losses is uh, is more hope than there's been in a while. That's for sure. Yep, they play Utah again uh, Monday at Target Center, Patrick. Great stuff. Love love having you on Monday mornings. Um, hope everybody enjoys it as well. We'll we'll do this again next week. All right. All right, Michael. Thank you. Let's end quick with the cooler. Like I said, a lot of draft talk this week. One player I'd hope the Vikings might get, Orlando Brown, a tackle for Baltimore. He will not be traded anymore. He got traded to Kansas City on Friday. The dream is over. So more than likely, the Vikings are either going to be you know, right there at 14, taking an offensive lineman or having to move up in some way to get the player they really want. So we'll see where that goes this week. Really excited to talk a lot about that with Mark Craig on, on Tuesday's podcast and Ben Gessling later on down the week. Thanks for listening today. Hope you enjoyed it. We'll talk to you again soon on Tuesday. I'm Michael Rand for Daily Delivery.